welcome. I've made my tribute to the music god. So now I'm free to talk to you. Uh, so, how you been? How's how's life? Um, today I'm going to talk about: Am I too loud or too quiet? Uh, maybe you're perfectly balanced, um, or at least most of the time you're perfectly balanced there. But uh, the question is to focus on. What is the benefit? Like, there's a benefit to kind of expressing your voice, and there's a benefit to expressing your silence or quiet, you know, quietness. And um, you know, what's that thing like? Uh, Ecclesi- Book of Ecclesiastes or something? Like, uh, you know, to everything there is a time. You know, there, to everything there is a season. And a time for every purpose under heaven, like which is that incredible song. Um, the what is it? The birds do an incredible version of that turn, turn, turn song. If you're looking for some good music, incorporating those words, but very beautiful. But yeah, like basically, I think I want to talk about what are the benefits of um, expressing your opinion, and what are the benefits of not expressing your opinion. So, okay, first of all, let's say. With, um, suppose, let's say just with, uh, let's go start big. With uh, society, like telling other people what you think, I think it's it's good. It, it allows people to know who you are, so then they can kind of not only learn from you and whatever you have to share, but also they can give you feedback so you can learn. They can respond to your opinions and say, hey, that's not okay, or... Or, oh, I know what you mean, but I used to think that way, but actually I changed my mind because of blah, blah, blah. Um, or, yeah, you're almost exactly right, but I'll change one little detail, you know. Um, or just, yeah, you're totally right. Wow, you know, good point, you know. Um, and, or, oh, good points, yeah. What do you think about this other kind of related question? Well, that brings up this question. What do you think about it? So giving your opinion, whether it's something really profound and, like, philosophical, or it's just something really simple about, like, oh, when... You know, what kind of food should we have at the party? Um, giving your opinion can help other people and you. You know, we can learn together. Um, also, part that can connect to bigger things like political and even kind of existential matters, um, even spiritual in a way of, you know, the triumph of love over, say, ignorance um, in the around the planet. I think... Recently, from my point of view, I would say a lot of people were too quiet and didn't, including myself, and didn't, and were afraid of expressing our opinions for fear of being ridiculed and called a conspiracy theorist or an anti-vaxxer or a, um, you know, a, a Russian propagandist or a, you know, whatever Bernie bro, Trump, this that whatever you know. There's all these, or you know, racist, misogynist, sexist. Th- there's genuine people who are actually supremacists and believe, you know, and that's a problem. But um, uh, in my opinion, all supremacists are second-class citizens. Just kidding. Get it? Um, but, uh, but, you know, there's genuine bad people, but then there's often people get um, 
besmirched and smeared with these terms and that encourages people to kind of just shut up and not express their opinion but then you have these um like according to victor i think you know alexander solzhenitsyn in the gulag archipelago is apparently kind of saying um which i haven't read but apparently part of the punchline is that it was all the lies that and that all the the russian people had and had made together all the soviet union um that um lying on a daily basis and that they you know these small acts of moral cowardice had um were directly responsible for the catastrophe of like the chains of prison camps and gulags and all that and that the key to the redemption was just honesty um and um truth and um cleaving to truth within yourself i guess at least but um but also telling people you know and not lying um but and apparently yeah i don't know i think uh it makes a lot of sense that when people don't talk about issues then um the there's not the public conversation and then certain terrible ideas can kind of go around masquerading as reasonable ideas because they haven't been criticized enough and if you think about a really good idea like um let's say um children um we should try to maximize the education of children you know if children you know certain basic level should be encouraged but um beyond that you know like oh what are you interested in and what are you maybe capable of and what do you think in your context of time and space um might be um able to provide you a livelihood and then you can kind of have your own family and have your own children and repeat the process um beautifully uh okay so what you know whatever that particular specifics are then on top of the basic kind of general education being okay we'll give you focus on that and help expand your opportunities so maximizing the education of children i think everyone will think yeah that's a totally good idea you you don't need a misinformation board and censorship to prevent people saying children shouldn't be educated because it's just such a um it's such a good idea um it's so foundationally just clear and obvious that no one can compete with it in the open marketplace of ideas um and anyone who tries to they're kind of ba- just outing themselves as you know a fool basically and that should be the same with um with all things if it really is true then it it doesn't need censorship to protect it the truth needs no defense the truth is logically coherent and internally consistent and so it just it's just re- recognizable because all that which is not true um in a, an intense enough long enough comprehensive enough um broad enough like public debate um and everyone loves to you know be right so don't you have to don't have to worry about having enough voices it's just a matter of a willingness just to let people to invite people to that conversation and not get over emotionally over overloaded and be able to remain civil and listen to each other um so long as you got that you know conversation um flowing the the all that which is not true will be revealed by its co- internal contradictions um and it's being out of step with um nature and harmony um and so yeah basically so i think um we should all express our voices 
in terms of like big issues that affect us and that affect the, our communities. And then, and um, even if you're afraid, oh, this is going to cause me problems. I think, yeah, that's a hard one. Maybe sometimes, say, you're in some country and it's just everyone's totally against this particular thing, even though you think it's a good idea, then sharing your voice, it might be part of a long-term change, but in the more immediate term, it could cause big problems for your family and your children. And so you might decide that, no, for practical reasons, I'm going to just protect my family and bring love and goodness to that little part of the universe um, rather than to the you know, society or the world at large. And I think that's fair enough, but we need to be aware that if too many people start doing that, it causes um, bad systems to cons um, become consolidated. Um, and often the only reason why 99% of the people don't agree with that idea is because they've been kind of hoodwinked into it because not enough people, maybe a generation before, were open and honest enough about what they really wanted. So I think um, within yeah, there's a there's a tension there, you know, and it's I think you know there's no one size fits all thing um, with certain you know red lines where if you cross that like hey you know you know you can't just force people to take medical procedures for example that would be a red line um, their bodily integrity is a thing um, so right so it's kind of political stuff sharing your voice yeah and, and so not sharing your voice. If you know to protect, sometimes that might be wise. Protect yourself, protect those you love, um, but it comes at a cost uh, of potentially limiting long term what um, the realization of what you want. So, and then um, some Turkish proverb apparently: uh, uh, "If you would tell truth, have one foot in the stirrup." Like you know, ready to ride off. Um, so now what about then in like more like social, more close social circles with your, let's say your friends and, and your colleagues um, and maybe your family. I think maybe like colleagues uh, in terms of intimacy to you, right? Be colleagues furthest out and then um, and just general associates and then a bit closer friends, a bit closer family um, and maybe like a, a romantic partner, maybe closest there. Um, or, yeah, and then maybe your own soul a bit closer than that, um, and maybe God's privy to these conversations perhaps. Um, but, yeah, so I think, again, like sometimes there's like this interesting thing of um, when to give your opinion, like uh, maybe – Say some colleague of mine says something, and I think that's not true. I sometimes I'm not sure, um, or like family member, or whatever, or you know, um, whatever. Like anyone, um, if they say something and I think it's not true, part of me wants to help them and correct them. Go, well, look, I don't know if I'm right. I think I'm right, but and if I don't know, I'll say, hey. Like, I'm not really sure about this, but apparently some people say this, just so you know, this is a possibility. I don't know if it's true. Um, but then other times I think, no, I'm basically certain of this. Um, and usually I want to tell people what I think to help them, um, and or they can help me and correct me, you know, like I believe in truth and that open flow of speech and, you know, and the word 
the healing power of the word and sharing our voices. But um, then sometimes it, it, you need to want, like, wonder, is it necessary? There's something like, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? As a test for when you should talk or say things, which is pretty profound, I think. And sometimes I might realize, oh, actually, you know, hey, the way of grace, I'll just let that go. I don't need to correct this person. The truth needs no defense, something Eckhart Tolle said. Like, you know, you don't need to be correcting people. But then I would be thinking, oh, you know, but then isn't that like a small ripple to, of falsehood going through the universe? Couldn't I correct that? And maybe the butterfly effect, if a thousand other people are doing this, it kind of helps our society evolve towards truth. And it's a tricky thing, but I think there's a balance. Like, there's other ripples. There are ripples of grace that come from um, allowing things to be and just surrendering and not needing to control. And when you're letting other people say things which you think are wrong, if it's not particularly important, then just letting that go, um, that can be a good practice for you. You're developing your ability to surrender and to kind of um, take people as they are and just... And then that could be very, that could be crucial. Like, you know, doing, do if you start doing that more, say you, you don't do that at all. Say you start doing that, you know, let's say 56 days later, there might be some really intense conversation with your romantic partner where because you've been practicing kind of letting, letting go in that way, you're able to let go of some, you know, there's some unfair accusation or something. But instead of just getting reactive and going, hey, that's not true, you're crazy. And then it escalating, you that person in a hypothetical situation might be able to just take a breath and go, I see what you mean. Or or just, is that so? You know? Um, or whatever, right? Um, or you think, you know, instead of being like, you're wrong, you know? Um, and something tiny like that could, you know, have a big effect down the road. So, but yes, also there's the butterfly effect of truth and having pointing out contradictions and um and yeah so that's something i wrestle with sometimes like when to step in um like say over all the covid stuff i from pretty early on was feeling like this is a mass psychosis and this is um a bunch of people well-meaning people making terrible mistakes because certain other people are trying to make a bunch of money and certain other people are trying to um monopolize power as well um, and whether how deep they are, were, they were into the causation of that crisis. Did they create it? Did they manipulate it from deep, you know, clo very close to the the heart of the the movement, or were they just on the fringes? Um, I don't know, but um, something very fishy was going on, right? And but I didn't really, I didn't mention it at all. I think to my colleagues um, for most of that t time, um, I don't know. I just like felt kind of leaning towards that way of grace and just letting things be. But in hindsight, I wonder if maybe, you know, that um, I should have um, in order to, you know, the spirit of like re respecting their intelligence, saying, hey, what do you think about this, you know, and not, you know, being like, oh, I'll just let you have, you know, your crazy belief. Like, no, I really think that's totally wrong. Maybe it, don't I have an obligation to kind of, help, you know, help bring that to your attention and we can either, you know, talk about it and maybe if we disagree then fine but at least i know you know the information or the, the claim that is out there um but uh and then there was probably some element of fear for you know maintaining my livelihood 
and not wanting to be like outcast as all oh, this guy's crazy. All right. Uh, oh, maybe we don't want to give him the, the extra hours or maybe if, you know, things get go in a bad direction and we need to let someone go. Maybe the guy who's not quite in sync with the, the work, the team culture is the one to go, you know? So I think, and that probably happens a lot and people with more to lose, you know, probably have more responsibilities and maybe big family um, and maybe they have a well, big, well-paying job, so they've got this really kind of quite expensive lifestyle. So therefore, you know, it's like maybe harder to manage if that job was removed. Um, you could see why people would fearfully not share their voice to protect that. And then that, again, that's tricky, like balancing taking care of your family with the integrity of your soul and the integrity of your culture and your planet um, by having honest enough honest conversations so that information can flow around and that there's a critical mass you need like a, a solid minority of people to really know what's going on otherwise things seem to spiral out of control um and you have that thing what's that um, mass formation um which that belgian psychologist dude um can't remember his name talks about um where you know you kind of have like a low, uh, serious level of anxiety in the community, low level or you know a hum of anxiety, um, and then there is uh, maybe you're saying kind of just anxiety in general. I forget, but um, and uh, but no specific cause. And then if I'm not getting, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, there's some level of unease, and then a problem emerges and makes everyone hysterical. And then um, a very narrow solution is proposed as the only solution and everyone falls into lockstep to tr basically force people to do that. Um, and allegedly this is connected to, you know, the world wars that they kind of these sorts of things happening. And it, allegedly it kind of happens due to increasing atomization in societies where people are less connected um, socially and it's more mechanized connections and larger scale systems due to these the, the broader reach that mechanization and technology allows um, where you can have trains and airplanes and you know telephones and all these things connecting groups um, instead of you know face-to-face -face talking and um, and uh, but that that was where you have you could have uh, I think the numbers were 30 percent um, kind of I think I don't remember if he was saying just for the COVID thing Matthias, Matthias something, was that his name? Um, but that often I think you'd have 30% or so of the society like in lockstep, ideologically zealous, 30% um, um, kind of against it, and then that 40% swayed by whichever is louder, basically. Um, and that you're only really, it is a question of voice, and amplifying that voice enough to get that 40% in the middle to kind of align with whatever makes more sense that you could see what how even a small number of people remaining quiet could cause a very big problem where those people on the fence who are kind of you know it's not really their thing to think about things in detail like they're not really interested you know um then um in that kind of more abstract or systemic stuff they're more interested in their story and their life and what they're up to and fair enough then um uh, or people who are just busy or whatever um then yeah, they could be swayed. So I think, yeah, that would be, there's, um, that's obviously very important to give your voice in that case. 
But um, with other things, like, you know, oh, is this band terrible or not? If someone's like, oh, you know, t- if they suck, you know, I think it just if I love them, I don't have to, you know, feel like it's my... I think some people, or everyone, until you realize what's going on, um, has this, um, and then you can stop it, has this tendency to treat ideas like they're part of us, like they're part of ourself. We identify with them. So if you say, oh, Bob Dylan's like a terrible, he's a, a terrible singer, then I'd be like, that's not true. Like some of, you know, maybe these days, some his sometimes his voice is unpredictable, like, you know, get better or worse, you know. Um, like some, I've seen some gigs where at the start he wasn't, he was pretty terrible singing it, but then by the end he had gotten good, you know, but still it wasn't the best. But um, and then recently he's gotten better, whatever. But back in the day, you know, he's like, for like decades, you know, incredible voice and even now, now, yeah, like a lot of his last album, really beautiful singing. Um, so, but say, so I could have the opinion that no, he, he, he hits the notes. He's a very interesting voice. He has many different versions of it, which he does. It's rather masterful, um, and it conveys a lot of authentic energy. And um, but if someone's like, oh, he's got a bad voice, do I really need to correct them? You know, it's like, well, no. And like, maybe it's probably good to practice doing both. Make sure you're able to do both. So practice both just in case the time comes when you should do one and not the other, that you'll actually be willing to do it. So being like correcting someone that you clearly know nothing about the subject or being a bit more relaxed, being like, uh, you think so? I think he, I think he's got a great voice. And just leaving it at that. You don't need to explain. If they ask, then okay, you can tell them more. Um, or just letting it go and just having a little twinkle in the eye of like, huh, huh. feels quite nice to just let people do that and, and not feel like you need to defend your territory and be like, oh, that's not true. Or, if, you know, I'm a, if I'm a Democrat and someone's being like, Democrats are all evil, you know, I don't have to get like, hey, I'm not evil, how dare you? You know, you can just say, hey, well, or I guess that's more of an identity badge itself, but like ideas, you know, when people criticize things that you agree with. Um, yeah, I think it's good practice to be able to, if you're going to reply to them, to do it without a sense of defensiveness, but just a sense of like helpfulness, you know, like, well, actually that's not really true. Cause if you're talking, it's because you're trying to help, right? If, if you're, or if you're not talking, it shouldn't be because out of defensiveness and a fear and wanting to fit in or something or not be criticized or uncomfortable, but it should be, out of a sense of helpfulness, like, yeah, well, I'm helping you and I'm helping myself and the world by going with the way of grace this time and just letting letting it go, letting it flow. Um, passive or active, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, so, and then um, I guess as you get closer, like your family, your romantic partner, um, but even with your friends to some extent, I think there's a certain responsibility that comes in to help each other and to guide each other. And part of what we're doing with our friends is certain parts of me and certain parts of you overlap. And then we're able to share them with each other and connect on some level. And then me and some other friend, a different part of me and a different part of some part of them overlap. And maybe they might, these two friends who I've just mentioned, when they interact, it could be two totally other parts of their personality, which overlap that I share nothing with really. They could be into football and that's what they, how they connect, you know? Um, or, you know, part of what overlaps with person A could also be part of what overlaps with my other friend, person B. 
but it's not all the same and you're that's there's this unique chemistry you have and it's good to i love you know spending a bit of time just with friends on their own and then with a you know a group groups of them different combinations in groups and you get a different chemistry a different color from these over, you know mixes of the color of our personalities and then you have a big party and there's just people milling around the house or going to the back garden moving around and you can just float around and go between them and there's just this kaleidoscope of different personalities um you know kind of coalescing and cascading about the place um while some other things cascade too and uh so but i think and then part of that which is interesting it's not just like uh, what we love um shout out to uh, natalia who i was just talking to recently about um friendship and uh what uh like we really love about our friends but how it's not just that like you um we love our, the parts of our friends that we can resonate with oh you're really cool you're like me in this way but it's also we love who we are when we're around our friends and that part of ourselves is only accessible really in that extreme form when we are around the friend because their gravity is drawing it forth um you can access it on your own as well but it's really more vividly drawn out by the friendship when you're in the presence of that friend and so it's kind of like when you haven't seen a friend for a long time it's also like you haven't seen that part of yourself in a long time it's quite funny um and so the more friends you have and the greater variety of friends you have the more intimately you know yourself therefore um and then the more you can develop yourself and then the better friend you can be to the next person who comes along um and um yeah so and in that way, you've got to be authentic. You've got to share your authentic voice, I think. And that's the only way that this really works. Real friendship requires absolute authenticity. Sometimes, now here's interesting, sometimes it's okay, I think, to keep things from your friends or from your family or even your romantic partner. Certain things could just be like the, the absolute chaos of the unconscious mind and just ancestral trauma and weird thoughts and just wacky stuff that's just... It's not from you, it's just from the collective consciousness of humanity and it's and even just the planet and the universe, just wad, wad, mad whack, you know, thoughts and feelings just sliding down the river. You don't need to share all of that, I think. It's good to be able to share some of it and be like, hey, I just had this crazy thought, you know. Or, um, but also to be able to be selective and be like, oh, yeah, say I, I notice some reactive stupid thought um, when uh, I'm talking to my brother. Um, I don't have to be like, hey, full disclosure, I just had this idea of whacking you over the head with like a, a shovel or something, you know. That is, it's not necessary. I'm just giving that, amplifying that voice, the voice of some random programming from, you know, of ancestral trauma from, you know, fight or flight, reptilian brain, dealing with predation for the millennia. Um, it's like, no, I can just let that go and kind of curate my mind and what I share try to share something that aligns with my soul and my vision and the person I am and the person I want to be and the person I am. Okay. So there's your mind. It's kind of expression of you, but the deeper sense just being the soul, the, the you that is watching the thoughts and is a, indeed is able to be there when there are no thoughts, say during um, very focused meditation, when thoughts all disappear, if you do it focused enough, although most people don't do it that level and that's fine. It, it's very helpful even when you're just creating some space around the thoughts and there's still thoughts there, they'll probably slow down a bit, but they won't go away. But you can make them go away if you focus enough. Um, but anyway, 
the you who's behind all of that, the soul, the consciousness, whatever you want to call it. There's no real name for it. It just is what it is. It was here before names existed. And you'll be here after names maybe. Ah, who knows. Um, but so sharing your the parts of yourself that kind of, yeah, they're in alignment with what who you are and what you want. Um, and you don't want to be too manipulative with that. You, I think, I guess you want to keep in mind harmony and like what's good for the other person. And so say sometimes maybe, oh, I, it's good for me. You know, I can stay calm and chill. I've had a hard day at work and I want to stay calm and chill, but I forgot to do something. Oh, do I admit that to my romantic partner or am I going to just, um, try to hope, you know, she doesn't remember. It's like, there's weird little dilemmas that pop up. You'd be like, well, because if I mention it, I don't know, maybe she'll get reactive and her lower self will take over. I want to talk to her soul, her higher self. I don't want to be drawing out all this nonsense. And so sometimes that's actually wise and be like, oh, um, I don't like, uh, I don't know, I don't like the food this person's cooked or something. Like, Do I need to mention that? Maybe sometimes and they can learn or other times just no, just go with it and just, it's fine. Um, in order to allow, I think there's so many variables, but it's just that flexibility is required just to see what allows us to have a good connection and a good experience um, right now and kind of flowing forwards. But um, uh, yeah, so and say, I think... Um, one interesting thing with like men, perhaps is something you know, uh, it seems to be true to me, and I read this about you know, men and women, uh, or you could say masculine and feminine um, people, but it does kind of stack up largely biologically. Like most men are masculine, most women are feminine. Um, so, uh, but that and there is such a thing as like testosterone in, during in utero. I think when the baby's in the womb. Um, male babies, the, te uh, the testosterone is released and it um, does something to the physical structure of the brain. So there are certain changes early on, which, you know, um, and then I think later during adolescence, I think, um, like, again, these sorts of things go on. But um, anyway, so men apparently in general, I think more like kind of logically or like literally, you could say, um, whereas women in general, are th thinking more along the lines of social dynamics um, and empathy and emotion. Um, and obviously I'm not a woman, so I don't know. But um, it seems to be true to some extent, to a significant extent. Um, and it's very interesting, I think, for peace between the sexes. Like, it's necessary to kind of have, for women to kind of be aware of like, okay, men are literally further along the autistic spectrum <laughs> than women like towards like literalness and you know less social awareness um uh as far as i understand it that's actually the case um and you know it's not like men are autistic you know in general but it's like it is closer along or women are further from aut the autism spectrum than men um in general um and so you know oh does this dress look good on me oh no i don't like it mm, well that might be fine if she's, you know, having a great time and laughing. You're like, no, like, ha, huh, really? Okay, fine. But then if she was having a terrible day and feeling, you know, and maybe 
to her, it wouldn't matter. It does the dress subjectively look good or not? It's, um, do you care about me enough to try to make me feel good by saying, oh, it looks wonderful. Um, and not caring that maybe it's not perfectly to your tastes, but focusing more on the emotion. Um, and so, you know, like I'm a novice, what do I know here? But, but that's an interesting thing where I think for m as a man, say with my partner, um, my fiance, um, I try to be aware of the emotional dynamic and what are we communicating beneath the surface? And it's really interesting actually, because it's a totally different way to communicate just kind of by a more subtle, it's almost like Dylan lyrics aren't very specific, but they're communicating some sort of energy, almost like doing that with your actions, um, kind of painting pictures, but less explicitly. But then I think vice versa would probably apply. Um, so, but yeah, um, what else? Sharing your voice. Am I too loud or too quiet? Um, and then, of course, uh, so yeah, oh yeah, but there is a responsibility to these people we're more intimate with, I think, to help them grow. And so um, that if you're a real friend, you do need to kind of call them out if they're going down a bad road. Because um, in a way, then you're losing your friend. And so, you know, you're going to lose your friend. There's two ways to lose a friend. <laughs> Let them go down a bad road and then they're not the same person anymore or they're not a person who you can be a friend with. Um, or you try to wake them up to what you perceive to be bad and then and they cast you adrift. They can't take that conversation. Um, or maybe, you know, you keep the friend and you, you, you communicate it and you somehow find a compromise or you make peace. Maybe you understand that actually it's fine what they're doing. Um, or maybe they understand, oh, no, you're right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and... Yeah, we try to help each other. One hand washes the other. And uh, I think we, we've evolved in tribes and we're social creatures, so it, it only stands to reason that um, these opponent processes, that you could call it an opponent process of you got my will and your will, and they're not the exact same, and maybe we disagree. Me and my dad or something talking about some issues. We don't always agree. We agree on you know, many things, but, but then I'm keeping... I'm bringing his errors to his awareness and he's bringing my errors to my awareness. And we wouldn't really be very motivated to do that to ourselves. It's harder. Um, and so perhaps this is the way it's always been, that uh, the tribe is doing the error correction for the tribe, but, um, but the individual can only do it so, to an, a limited extent to themselves. And so encouraging relationships where you're, you encourage each other, be like, come on, please be honest. If I'm out of line, please tell me. By the way, if anyone, if I'm ever out of line, please tell me, everyone. Um, and yeah, so let's see. Um, then uh, your sufferings, where we, you know, where we're. That's a th question of how, how, when do you reach out for help and advice, and you know, and there's that line, you know, most men live lives of quiet desperation, or silent desperation, in fact. Not just quiet, silent. Uh, very quiet indeed. Um, and I'm sure many people do, but I do think, again, that thing of men being less, in general, less um, keen to express their emotions and less emotional in general. Um, but this can happen to all, everyone, you know. Um, and, you know, 
so I think, you know, obviously if someone's in, if you're really in having a hard time, it's very good to talk to people. Uh, even if you think it's going to be a bummer to them, um, where you think, oh, you know, I'm going to drag them down with my negative energy. There could be some truth to that sometimes. Like there's a time and a place for it. You don't need to always talk about all your problems and just pollute the waters, which some people do, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, the whole victim consciousness thing and, you know, the woke tragedy Olympics, who can, who can be the most downtrodden rather than who can be, you know, the most triumphant by humbly doing their best to grow and encourage others to grow and not to wither, not to pick a fight with the universe, but to show grace and gratitude for what we have and to make them the best of it. But, um, so you can go too far with expressing negativity, obviously, but if you're having a hard time, it's good to share that and let people know. And, you know, if someone, if a friend of mine or someone I'm intimate with, um, or even like a stranger, uh, confesses to me that they're having a hard time. Ironically, it makes me feel better, not just because it, by contrast, maybe makes my own suffering smaller. So, oh, there's some other suffering there. Okay, so mine occupies a smaller percentage of the overall suffering of humankind. But also that um, it focuses me on them and getting out. I think a lot, unfortunately, it's kind of embarrassing and shameful, but also totally forgivable and understandable. But um, it's just a mess, though, is that depression, there's a, a strong narcissistic element to depression, um, which is a kind of an unconscious narcissism, I think. And it's I guess it's not always there, but I think what I mean by that is, like, if you can focus on other people and just stop focusing on you and your story, basically you get outside your ego. And basically, there is no depression anymore. Um, depression is basically a sad story that we tell ourselves. And, you know, there could be some physical things like, you know, your systemic inflammation in the body, maybe from an unhealthy lifestyle, too many carbs or something. Um, and you've got inflammation in the brain, and then that's causing you to have these kind of neurochemistry and associated brain waves and vibrations, etc., which um, bring on and are then reinforced by negative thought patterns. Um, so that's possible, but it's still thought patterns, and you still have the, everyone has the ability to step outside of the stream of thinking if they can learn to be quiet and still and conscious, empty of thought, um, full of... And... So, but yeah, I think tell, sharing, um, if someone shares their pain with me, I feel better and I'm, I'm motivated to try to help them and I live, try to lift them up, then I feel better about myself because I'm, oh, I'm the kind of person, I'm helping someone. And it seems that, um, yeah, they say the best way to help yourself is help someone, help someone else. Um, so you're feeling down, all right, go do something for somebody else. And ironically, then you feel better. Um, which is the funny thing about like, you know, if you really want to be selfish, um, be selfless. That's the real way. The professional way to be selfish is to be selfless because that's when you realize on what, but there's two things there. There's probably three. Let's assume there's three. I feel like there's three, although I don't know what the third is yet. Not on this level anyway. One 
is that by helping others, you make yourself feel good. Two is that you are everyone. Like we're all the same tree. I'm a branch called Jamie, but I'm also part of the bigger branch called the Magloos. I'm part of a bigger branch called the Irish or the Australians, both um, interesting uh, intermixed branch there. Um, part of a, a bigger branch called, you know, human Europeans or humans. Um, bigger branch, co- which is on, on, on one branch on the tree of mammals, which is uh, on the, the bigger branch of mammals, which is a branch on the bigger branch of animals, which is part of the animal kingdom, or, or not the animal kingdom, but just the, the kingdom of life on earth, which is part of the cosmos, you know. So I am a branch, but I'm also the tree. And so this is number two. If you want to be a professional narcissist, <laughs> if you want to be do a, a proper job of being selfish and helping yourself, um, when you should realize who you are, that you're not this isolated fragment. You're not just the branch. That's the ego where you think you're just the branch. But when you realize, okay, I can be the branch, that's the healthy ego. You could call it ego or you could call it just, you know, um, Christ. <laughs> you're basically, you're living as an individual, but you're aware that you're bigger than that. Um, but you're like, I'm the ocean hanging out as a wave for now. I won't be the wave for very long, but it's fun. I, here I am. Look, I'm a wave. I can see it. Am I just a wave? No, I'm the ocean. Which am I more? Which is deeper? Well, I mean, I was the wa- I was the ocean before I was the wave, and I'll be the ocean after I was the wave. And even while I'm the wave, I'm the ocean. So, okay, I guess the ocean's a deeper reality, isn't it? Or a more fundamental reality or higher reality, even though the wave is higher than the ocean. Fair point. Good rebuttal. This is why we need to share voices. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, you when you realize you're, uh, you're actually everyone. In, on, in, in some sense, we're all part of the one thing. And you know, you could take some psychedelics, and you, um, if you've got the right philosophical framework slash social framework, where you've got set and setting, you've got good people around you who you trust and you'll communicate with, and they will help you if you get into some messy, you know, dark vibrations. They will kind of say, "Hey, don't worry about that. Come back. You know, groove this way. You know." Um, and if you know, if, so if you're ready for that, you know, not everyone is. Um, that's one way that you can kind of come to direct realization of this, um, but also through you know years of study and yoga, or you know, um, it's a more sustainable way. Though I think maybe combining them might be the most practical. Um, so when you realize you're you're kind of you're not just this one person, then oh. If I want to be really selfish, then I actually can't just be helping this one part of me. I don't want to just take care of my left pinky finger. Like, I'm, I'm being selfish. I'm just going to take care of my left pinky finger. I won't wash the rest of me. I won't, you know, do, take care of the rest of it. You know, like, that's crazy. You're all, you're the, you're the whole body. If you want to be taking care of yourself properly and being selfish, take care of your whole body, you know, put your whole body ahead of everyone else, not just your pinky finger ahead of everyone else. So in the same way, you can realize, oh, actually, uh, I think, yeah, I, I want to help my, this random person I don't even know because we're all one. We're all connected in some mysterious way we don't really understand. Um, but it's very uh, intriguing and enthusiasmizing. Um, so, yeah, and then three, 
what's the third level of being selfish being being selfless being the right way to be selfish um you tell me give me your voice i don't know um so but yeah and so i think we, you know um practically to bring it make it a bit more practical here like if someone's uh if if i'm in pain if i have a problem then a just sharing it can help because it, it a it can remove my my kind of shame or embarrassment about not feeling happy being like oh you know and worrying about dragging people down around me if it's out then okay those fears don't really make sense anymore if the person's like oh yeah no, no worries you're you're all right you're a good buddy you know or whatever like, oh okay cool it kind of reassures you so it kind of helps them also because you're it's improving the vibrations you're putting out the, the ambience the the atmosphere you're kind of creating or contributing to um socially and um but then so admitting your pain can be helpful there um also it might trigger them to do the same but you know what i've just been pretending to be happy too i've been having the worst week i didn't want to tell anyone i didn't want to drag anyone down really me too oh what are, what are the odds um and so then that can be good and then in future say even if you don't tell someone the next time you're feeling bad you might that thought might just come to you. Oh, remember, all these people around me could be fighting a battle I have no idea about. Like, you know, last week my friend seemed fine, but then I told him my pain and he was like, he admitted he was feeling terrible. I had no idea. Huh, maybe it's not, I'm, maybe I'm not so alone in my suffering. Maybe everyone's suffering and just incredible actors, which I think is basically true. Um, and so... So sharing your pain there can help then be helpful because it's improving your vibration that's good for you and others also you know it's an invitation for others to do the same which is good for you and them and everyone um also it opens the door for feedback and discussion where they can go hey what do you think is causing it or do you think this is causing it um and it might allow you to generate um, awareness around it which could kind of dissolve it or maybe prevent it from coming around as a frequently in the future. So that could be good for everyone. Um, uh, also, uh, and that could be also not just about you, but about what someone else is doing. There's like gossip, I guess, is kind of like that. It's an information flow, like this person's doing that. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And it gets around and everyone kind of instinctively kind of treats the person a little bit different and that person maybe kind of senses it and is like, mm, okay. Or maybe one person who's closer to them is like, hey, everyone's talking about this stuff you're doing. You should be careful. So it's like a kind of less direct confrontation. It's through, you know, word of mouth spreading. Um, but like you could, or kind of sim so a similar thing, you tell your friend, oh, I'm feeling bad because my, you know, Gary did this thing. Oh, really? Then you could talk about it and even just kind of having that, you know, um, understanding, being understood could help you get over it and where Gary can keep doing his thing and you've just got thicker skin and because you talked about it, you felt understood and heard and you're all right now and then Gary can keep doing his thing and maybe Gary's fine. Maybe you're the one out of balance but this allows you to have a bit thicker skin and you can give it back to him and, you know, joking around or whatever. Um, or maybe um, it's like, yeah, that's not cool what Gary's doing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And then that might embolden you to go talk to Gary and go, hey, it's not okay. 
And if he's like, says who? But, well, look, I was just talking to someone else and they agreed with me. Um, or even if you don't mention that, say, just give you the confidence to address a problem. Or um, maybe the other person is like, well, I know you, Jamie, don't have confidence to talk to Gary, but I'm going to go talk to him. This isn't okay. Um, and then, you know, wherever. there's many ways that could go. But you could see it could help address the cause of this pain. Um, yeah, and I think just in general, opening up and being vulnerable is a, it's a tr sign of trust. And it helps us bond together and it's an opportunity for love to flow when you care about people, you know. Um, and uh, it's a way to learn from each other and just learn from these deeper lessons of these deeper dramas that are going on between our ears all over the planet. Um, so everyone learns. Uh, but yeah, there is a point. Sometimes it's good. If your friends like, how's things? Maybe things are terrible, but maybe in that moment you're not quite ready to talk about it. Or maybe you've already talked about it recently and you feel like you don't want to in indulge in that vibration. You want to focus on what you want. Because, you know, if you focus too much on the problems you're trying to fix, you can focus on that vibration and then, like, the law of attraction kicks in and you kind of create those situations because you're focusing on that way of living too much. Or for whatever reason, maybe you just don't feel like it. Um, or maybe you just want to kind of practice self-control and detachment and surrender. And so they say, yeah, how's things? And you go, things are uh, things are as they are. Or you go, oh, yeah, great, you know, grand, whatever. Um, and uh, or you, you go, well, I was going to ask you the same thing. I think that's much more important. You're the main character of the universe, aren't you? Ha, 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 whatever, just joke around. But um, so sometimes not expressing your pain can also be healing for you and for others. Or maybe someone else is having a hard time and you, may, you might judge that maybe expressing my pain would be helpful for them. Or maybe it wouldn't. Maybe that would just be too much weight. I'm just going to present, you know, I'm going to embody um, the peaceful platform which they can kind of just crawl onto and kind of start joining in, participating in that energy. And then later on, once my... Uh, dear associate or whatever is kind of more grounded in good you know, emotion and vibes then uh, maybe I could introduce my own suffering and but so it's like a time and place sometimes um, and balance you know so that's talking about suffering then then uh, so when to be too loud when to be too quiet then there's like say your opinions, like I'm here, like yapping all you know every week about my opinion to whoever will listen, um, and so sometimes I wonder, like, oh yeah, am I talking? I don't know, like uh, giving my opinion on things. I almost always say I'm not totally sure if I don't think I'm sure about it. You know, I try to be very honest um, and humble. Like I don't know things I know. It's just like the river flowing through. Like you know, what this is just my conditioning. Here I am. I'm the soul um, watching the river of thoughts flow through and it seems I can kind of conjure up thoughts and create thoughts in some mysterious way as well. But largely it's just kind of coming through and it reflects, it's just the natural process, reflects, reflects my experiences and where I come from and my culture, my family, um, 
my own karma or whatever, um, my own interests or attention. Um, but, you know, I think like, so I'm, I, I give my voice, but sometimes I, I, I wonder like, is there, are there certain things where maybe, um, it's better to, you know, just let them be or not talk about them or, um, I, I don't know, or, you know, uh, and perhaps in the podcast, the whole, it's okay, I guess, cause the whole idea is like, this is my outlet so I can just talk like this. And I think I would listen, you know, to my, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would be listening to it. If someone else was talking like this, I would listen to them cause I think it's interesting. But, um, But yeah, I guess in other situations, perhaps like there is, um, I think something I probably want to work on in myself is uh, being more concise in my speech and just kind of fewer words, get to the point, just say it and um, not to need to give all the supporting documentation necessarily unless it's requested. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe to be a bit more comfortable with just hanging out and not needing to you know, satisfy my urge to kind of explore the nature of things through my point of view, through words, and just to allow silence to reign, you know. So that's something I kind of work on with some of my friends, just hanging out and just you know, play music or whatever, and to working on, um, yeah, not always just, you know, getting uh, over-enthusiastic about certain things and talking too much. Because talking is amazing, sharing your voice is amazing, but silence is, at the end of the day, silence is more beautiful. Um, uh, what's that poem? The Holy Grail? The answer is not to question. The view from the giant's shoulder. Nothing is so beautiful as silence. So... That'd be a good place to end. But I believe there might be one more itch to scratch, ironically. Um, or paradoxically. Oof, hope it's a paradox and not just bitter irony of tears. Um, so when we uh, yeah, when we don't express ourselves enough, I guess I kind of talked about that, you know, um, that you want to share who you are and celebrate who you are. And yeah, okay, good. And discover who you are, like through mistakes. Like I kind of express myself, but then I get a bunch of feedback, even if it's just people looking at me like, hmm, really, you think that? Or I say something and it, whatever, this, whether the feedback's good or it's bad, I get some sort of reaction and then I can process that and um, modify myself, you know? Um, it just happens instinctively, but also I can kind of intentionally kind of, hmm, do I want to do this, this, that? Um in the way I think and the way I feel and behave and talk and all that, um, what I want, what my aims are, um, and what my ways, my manners are. Um, and so I think, yeah, like having the, the faith to say, oh, this is the music I like, or you know, confidence to say, um, I think this is true. Um, you know, and if you don't, uh, agree that's okay you know but this is how this is really what I think this is really who I am this is part of this I believe this I know that's not me deep deep down that it comes and goes you know um, like I don't need to defend them with my life because it's not me it's just an idea but 
but this is part of me in that I believe this. This is the way I see things right now. And to be honest about that, um, uh, it, it, yeah, it allows you to have that, humili that humility. If you can have that confidence combined with humility, then um, you have this beautiful kind of transformation where you can kind of grow um, and learn. Um, and you can... And you're getting better at um, figuring out what, what's real. And so if you always kind of just hold back your voice and you're not sure if you can trust yourself, then you won't be able to trust yourself because you're not practicing receiving and integrating feedback from errors. So I think that's important. Um, and with like, say you're speaking a second language, as a side note, if you're speaking a foreign language, I think you should do the same thing and be really... Just have confidence, but humility, and just laugh at yourself. Ha ha! So, I always make mistakes with that. Ha ha! Instead of being frustrated, like because then you're just wasting energy, you know, and you're not going to want to engage with the language and people and opportunities as much. So, but having that, sharing your voice, but um, uh, having is a, a way of kind of improving your voice. It's like singing. The more you sing, the better you get, you know. Um, and that, that goes for particular songs as well. Like this, I was thinking recently, there's some songs where I was like, oh, I can't sing that very well. But I just love singing them. So I kept singing them. And then I've noticed like, oh, actually just instinctively, I now I kind of know I'm doing them really well. Like, and uh, I, it's just by pure practice. And then that's been kind of liberating to think when I'm learning new songs now. Like I can just sing it any old way. And just if it's not perfect, doesn't matter. Just do it. Because, you know, I, I'm kind of building in that groove. Like, like a river going through a canyon and carving into the rocks, a, a, a groove. Um, it just kind of begins to flow where it should. Um, so, and finally, let's see, sharing your voice with yourself. I think self-honesty is incredibly important um, and telling ourselves, you know, who we are and uh, what's up. And of course, like the, I guess the, the ultimate honesty is silence because that's the ultimate, whether you're speaking or you're not, it, to be awake, it needs to be coming from silence. There needs to be silence, at least in the background. Or it could just be the background and the foreground. It could be everything, if you're not thinking. But I think, uh, and, th and that re um, regenerates your voice. When you can connect to silence, then your voice is clearer and wiser and more grounded, um, it would seem. Um, but... Uh, yeah, with oneself, I think, say when, um, I think when, when people, as I was just thinking recently, I was giving someone this advice and then I was like, oh, I'm, I, sh I should follow that advice too. Um, and so I'm doing my best to do that now, um, which is, that you know, when people disappoint us or they, or they don't do things the way we think they should or maybe it surprises us, it could be a small little traumatic kind of shock of like oh my god you know how could they do that or how could this happen um anything where people or events don't go the way you want them to um or don't do what you want them to um then i think the wise response is to just accept and do this in, ahead of time for sure someone's going to do something to you soon or something's going to happen to you soon which you're not going to like, and it's going to make you spiral into negative emotion. That's guaranteed. Unless you're enlightened listening to this, um, unless you're an awakened being, if so, then 
um, namaste, uh, great soul. But uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah, for sure, there's some negative um, thing coming up, which is going to take away your self control um, and take you to a place of emotion you don't actually want to be in, of um, you know resisting the inevitable, the inevitability of the present moment, the way it already is. Um, so. I think the wise answer is just to ex accept everything that is and uh, ahead of time too. And go, all right, look, people are going to do something and it's going to, someone's going to do something and it's going to be really annoying. But um, ahead of time right now, I accept that. I'm going to go perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. I'm glad my friend stole my money and turns out wasn't actually a friend. Like, well, realistically, it'll be hard to say like, I'm glad, although it might work for you to just to go so extreme just to help you build build in that habit but like probably the more likely way would be to go you accept it go well okay that's what's happened so that's what i want because i want to be in alignment with the universe as epictetus says you can say to yourself in this kind of situation um epictetus the roman philosopher um stoic philosopher you can say uh this is the price i pay for my state of inner serenity, you know, or like accepting this um, is the price I pay for my state of inner serenity, and so, you know, that's pretty beautiful. And yeah, so you accept it, okay. Offer no resistance, basically, okay. And Jocko Willink, um, his way of doing this, the extreme ownership, the guy who wrote Extreme Ownership, Navy Seal. Um, is good just say good after everything like jocko uh you know um our boys over you know in or well, maybe it wouldn't be like that but like you know oh the command say they can't send the supplies until next weekend something that was some problem for them you'd be like good <laughs> and then just as it focuses him on accepting things and and moving into okay great now how do we work with this this is very pragmatic extreme ownership just take ownership, say, no, I'm not going to blame, put responsibility on anyone else because I then I'm giving away my own power. No, I'm going to say, okay, perfect, and then just stay focused on what can I do and just keep focused on your responsibility, what you can do to improve things. So step one, accept, okay, yeah, this is what's happened. And then step two is communicate. They're the only steps. Step one, accept. Step two, communicate. And step two, by communicate, it means with yourself, but then possibly also you might decide with others, including the person who's causing the problem, as you see it. Perhaps, or sometimes you might decide, no, I, it's better to not actually communicate in this case. Um, but so step one, you accept the situation. Step two, communicate. That means tell yourself in your mind, be clear on, tell yourself what you, um, how you are feeling and what you are thinking and why. So, okay, I'm kind of feeling, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm kind of feeling um, uh, embarrassed. Is that what I'm Oh, I'm kind of feeling angry. Oh my God. Am I, am I, I'm kind of feeling, what is that feeling? I'm feeling ash ashamed. Oh, okay. And then how, what am I, and what am I thinking about? Or you might try to understand them and go, okay, uh, well, I guess maybe I'm feeling like I should have seen this coming. And oh, okay, or, or I'm feeling like, 
you know, that person, I feel bad for that person kind of, okay, whatever. Just what are your feelings and what thoughts are you having? I'm having this thought like, you know, um, I always do this. I always, or whatever it is, you know? Um, so just be clear on what you're feeling and what you're thinking and why, where is it coming from? And that's it. So you, you accepted it. And then step two, you just communicated with yourself and generated awareness. So then you're not emotionally divided. Like, Oh, oh maybe I, I want to like my friend, but my friend's done this thing. And so I kind of hate my friend right now, but, but no, I don't. Or do I, Oh, I don't even know what I think. Uh, who am I? Oh, Oh my God. That's so shameful. I don't know what I think. Uh, instead of having all this probably unconscious chaos in you, you clarify it and you go, okay, what do I think? What am I thinking right now? Okay. And what am I feeling? And why? Okay. Just get it all in perspective. That itself will help to accept things and also just help to dissolve that energy, which you've accepted of, oh, you know, being disappointed or being angry or whatever it is. Um, and then, um, often you'll probably feel like, oh, I should communicate a little bit to this other person. Uh, and it might be just a joke where you go, oh, um, again, huh? Like you're, you know, you're, it's like a bad sequel to a Hollywood movie. Ha ha. Make some stupid joke where they go, ha, yeah. But somewhere in their mind, there's a seed of like, hmm, again, true. I did, I did that before, didn't I? Mm. They made a joke about it though. Were they unhappy? They didn't look unhappy. Hmm. But at least there's a seed there, you know? So you might plant a little seed like that, or you might be more direct and say, hey, um, you know, you know, I, uh, I really feel very uncomfortable saying this, but actually I think I need to. Um, I kind of feel like you're not really respecting me when you do that or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that might be necessary. Um, and then they can go, what, what are you talking about? Or they, they get angry or, you know, wh whether they take it in a good loving way or in a kind of bad way where they kind of show a lack of concern and respect for you. Then either way now, either that's, it's going to improve your, your life because either you're going to, um, improve that friendship and bring it into balance or whatever relationship it is. Um, or um, you will, and even if it's like some bureaucracy doing something and you or a company and you give them a bit of peace of your mind, if you do it in a respectful way where you're not causing them, you're not making it easy for them to, you're not you know, pushing them into a corner where they have to get crazy at you, but you're just respectfully communicating, then either they will, you know, it will improve that relationship. Um, because they'll take on board your criticism, your feedback, or else they'll explain to you why you're wrong and you'll learn from that. Or if they take it badly, um, then you realize, okay, I don't want anything to do with this person or organization or whatever it is, and fine, you know, and then good. Now I know that, imagine if I hadn't had this argument, I wouldn't have known that I was still associating with some person or people that I'd, I really shouldn't have been. So you can be grateful for it. Okay. Um, so that's, it's all perfect. Um, and so communication can be helpful. And if you don't communicate um, about small things as they happen, it the energy might bottle up and then explode in some irrational kind of fury, disproportionate to the situation. And you're going to start bringing in these old things and the other persons might feel like, like, well, you've just been carrying this around. That's not very cool. You've just been feeling bad about me the whole time. Uh, you know, that's kind of betraying my uh, trust. You should have been more honest, you know? Um, and so, and just, you know, it'd be hard to have a more civil, clear conversation, respectfully. Um, 
to work towards you know a common understanding if you've bottled it up so it's better to like kind of deal with it as it comes um just like if you've got a task to work on and it's a bit overwhelming you can chop it up into smaller pieces and work on them one by one and then you can get the task done quote the man who moves a mountain begins by taking away small stones close quote um and but then uh in a similar way to that like yeah by keeping these conflicts and misunderstandings and you know standing on each other's feet while you're dancing the dance of relationship keeping it small addressing it while it, when it's come up then um you're better able to kind of deal with these things and digest them together without it getting too messy um but so that situations where you know you've accepted it and then you communicate with yourself and then you decide actually yeah, i should communicate with this person or some other person or whatever um but then you there's other situations where you'll go okay i've accepted it i've communicated with myself so now i know what's going on and what i feel and i i believe i'm in the right or or maybe actually no i realize i'm a bit in the wrong with this thing but they're in the wrong about that thing whatever it is you get clear on what's from your point of view as far as you can tell what is real and what is right you know um what's tr- true true and false and um right and wrong um so yeah you can get clear on that um and then you might go ah that's enough i'm fine that's that's good that's all i need um or you might go i'll go like that for now and if it happens again i'll communicate with them you know so i'd say you know when to am i too loud or am i too quiet um i guess at the end of the day how do you feel if you don't feel good especially in the moment that there's something of relevance coming up if you don't feel good then that's like the guide rails or the guideline thing on the side of the road <laughs> saying like oh you you know you're veering off the path you know discomfort is like mm something is going on you know um sometimes a discomfort can mean you need to change your diet or sleep more or whatever like me probably <laughs> um uh but uh other types you know they are like oh there's something you need to communicate about at least with yourself possibly with others um and then communication can bring consciousness which can bring change action so um yeah that would be my thoughts on voice and uh being too loud or too quiet um and uh if you have uh, any thoughts if you want to share your voice please uh send me a message on social media rendezvous with Jamie McGlue or um put a comment to this uh video or audio whatever if uh I uh, can you put comments on audio I don't know if you can but I'm on YouTube anyway um but uh and yeah let me know if you ever have uh idea things you want to talk about if you have a question you know if it's interesting enough I'll like just do a whole uh podcast on it you know so um or if there's something i talked about and you're like felt like it wasn't really clear send me a question i'll be happy to clarify or whatever so i do enjoy sharing my voice and you know it's not just like knowing that other people can hear me and understand me and kind of i can be existing in your world you know more much much more than that actually it's like that's the icing on the cake but the cake itself is just myself and just knowing my voice and knowing who i am and i think um expressing yourself and learning to have a voice and 
what do I think about these things? And um, I think that's a very joyful thing. It kind of introduces you to a deeper, um, very deep kind of part of yourself. Um, and then you can go even deeper by shutting up at the end. So uh, much love, everyone, and uh, enjoy singing your song.